Good luck with the work. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. How are we doing? Hello. Happy Thursday. Happy, Happy Thursday. Thursday. All right. So uh, I just got to get this off my chest really quick. I'm doing a lot of confessions while I'm in quarantine. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I've been reading the new book. You know how I get weird about um, reading or watching things about celebrities? Uh-huh. I've been reading the book Finding Freedom about Meghan and Harry. Oh. And, you know, it's probably like half true because of it's not like their own storytelling of what's... Yeah, it's but it's by these... British journalists who've been working really closely with the royal family. And, you know, as an American, I don't know these two journalists really well. So I'm sure people closer to that story or can say more about it. But I'm I'm listening to this. And I'm just like, you know how you start to think about like, what if that was my life? Like, can you even imagine being in those shoes? And how Megan has to deal with an entirely new world of just being in the royal family? Like, how did that's it's un it's unheard of. So I've been reading this book and I'm just kind of like I've been immersed in the royal family story for the past few days and it's kind of weirding me out because I'm just like she was just living in LA, she was on suits, she was an actress, she was doing her thing, she was set up on a blind date with the prince. <laughs> right? Like just how does that even happen? I know. Like at what point in that I can only imagine how that process she was just sitting there the whole time being like is this my life is this my life yeah so So I just I've been reading a lot about that and I'm kind of like obsessed with that story now which sometimes it's not good for me like whenever I read things about celebrities or kind of get into celebrity stories it's so far I get sucked in and I get just kind of like in this weird weird place it's kind of like what is that life like and you know they're just people they're just humans yeah and celebrities, they're just like us. So anyway. Celebrities, they're um, just like us. But I do love a good memoir. But this is not super close to, you know, them telling right. their own story. I don't think they'll ever do that. But anyway, the royal family. I, You know what? I really want to know what Brits think of the royal family. Right. Like, I just want to know how... I mean, I know it's like we see it and we're, we're so far removed, but like, how is that viewed in England? Right, I because don't know. for us, it's just like, oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Just a little... Shout out. Shout out to the royals. Start us off. Yeah. Good. How are yeah. you doing? How was your week been? Uh, it was great. We didn't have anything to do this weekend, which is very unusual. It was so funny. So on my personal Instagram, I, for the last like year and a half, almost like almost two years, I've been writing three things I'm grateful for every day in my Instagram mm-hmm. stories. And sometimes they show up on my Instagram story memory, which is kind oh. of fun to look back and yeah. be like, oh, on this day last year. And like a month ago, I had one that was like, I'm thankful for a weekend where we never leave the house. And I was like, oh, that did not age well. <laughs> <laughs> but so despite, you know, wishing we could leave the house a little bit more, it is kind of nice to not have like a lot of the COVID version of having a busy weekend is just having to run a lot of errands. Right. And so we didn't have to do, I mean, we had to go to the store and stuff, but we didn't have to like do a bunch of random stuff. So it was a nice kind of just relaxing weekend, but the smoke is so bad. Yeah. I, you know, hearts go out to everyone in California and, you know, mountain towns of Colorado that are being hit with the fires, the forest fires. And really there's probably a lot of forest fires going on 
There's a bunch all of over the too, United States. And, you know, it's just one of those Idaho. things. Yeah, it's one of those things where this is the time of year where catastrophic fires and weather start to happen. A lot of yeah. hurricanes. I've been watching that one where it has like the two merging together. It's like, oh my cool. gosh, what is going That's on fine. in the world? Really, really cool. Um, so just thinking about everybody who's in those areas and that are dealing with, you know, really horrible air. I mean, this is yeah. where a time in our lives where, of course, you want to count your blessings, but also there's a part of like the whiny side of me is just like, oh my gosh, you know, we're dealing with COVID and we're dealing with all these things going on in the world that are just absolute crap. And now I have to deal with not being able to see the Rocky Mountains. Like this is, (laughs) this is just too much. I just, I need to see the Rocky Mountains. I read like a little tweet or something though that made me feel like, oh man, which was, it was like these fires and you know, everything that's going on is not because of 2020. Don't roll your eyes and be like, oh, 2020. It's because we've neglected the environment for generations. And now we're getting to the point, you know, like this is not because like, don't, don't just think oh 2020 and roll your eyes and and throw it away like this is a very you know these fires are representative of a lot of really bad choices on behalf of humans and we're gonna keep happening and it's interesting like i mean in colorado we have all this beetle kill which causes real you know we have the pine beetle which has just decimated pine forests throughout ponderosa pine forests throughout the state and primarily in the like in the summit county area where a lot of like the skiing happens you've ever been to colorado you've probably have driven by and been like why are all these trees dead and so then of course that creates significantly higher fire danger because they're just these like gigantic tree stands that are completely dead but like if you take a step back every single thing that we're doing you know the the pine beetle became so virulent because of climate change and because of global warming and because it, I mean, the pine beetle has always been around. It's not, a, it's not an invasive species. Are you ready for a little ecology lesson about the pine beetle? 100%. Like I was, right. I was, I'm still really wanting a lesson and going down a rabbit hole with poison ivy. So please. Okay, great. Us. This is like mm-hmm. Claire's ecology corner. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, no, it's good. I love it. I think a lot of people are interested in this. And if you're not, whatever, it's fine. Well, like you hate, you hate nature. No, you don't hate nature. You just don't maybe <laughs> care about beetles. That's fine. So pine beetles live in the space between the bark and the wood of certain types of pine trees. And it used to be, and they've always been there, but it used to be that the the winters were cold enough and long enough that the the beetle needs to a certain amount of cold for a certain amount of time in order to die in order for the and in order for the eggs to die. So it used to be that their population was controlled because in the winter you'd have a lot of really cold days in a row. That's what you need. Mm. We don't get that anymore. And so the pine beetle has gone berserk in Colorado, the pine beetle population, because we don't get a lot of really cold days in a row the way that we used to. So it's like the population control of the pine beetle has just exploded. Yeah, because there's no, I mean, like, you know, you'll, you'll notice, or you won't notice, but you know, the ecologists notice in certain years after really cold winters, like the pine beetle is not as bad. And that's why. And, you know, it doesn't kill out all of them when it's really cold, but that was what used to control the population. And so now there are, there's a lot more time that goes between those events that are, are cold for several days, that cold for that period of time that they need. And I don't know exactly how cold it is for exactly how many days, but so that, you know, so you have that on the one side. And so that's mm-hmm. making, you know, that's global warming. Then you also have human 
activity around fire suppression that's been going on for like about the last hundred years, where a hundred years or so ago, people in the Forest Service decided, oh, like we want to do, we don't want forest fires ever. We want to do everything we can, especially in anywhere that's around people. And all, you know, anytime there's a forest fire, we're just going to put it out right away. And that's, you know, that's the strategy. Well, forest fires are, are totally natural and normal. And what they and a normal forest fire does in a normal forest is there is in a normal unmanaged forest, there are trees of all different ages and all different maturities. And forest fires tend to mostly impact trees that are of like a certain age and size that are kind of, you know, they burn a little bit faster, but they're also a little bit bigger. And so can sometimes, it depends on the type of forest. So I can't like generalize because sometimes like it's the taller trees because it goes across the top of the canopy. Sometimes it's the younger trees because they burn faster. What a normal forest fire in a normal forest typically does is it helps really diversify the age and also spacing of the trees. Well, if you spend a hundred years repressing forest fires, now you have all these forests in the United States that are really, really dense and they'll go in and actually do logging to space the, the trees out. But even Got then, it. you know, it's not the same as what would normally when happen. When you say repressing forest fires, Just can putting you explain them out, that? Not letting them burn. So, uh how do you control that though? Well, is that a dumb question? I'm like, how do you repress it? If like, how do you not let for, how do forest fires get out of control? I guess I'm confused about how you put forest fires out and you repress them. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is like, they're controlling it. Like they're making it. Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is like, we've gotten to a point where, because we've spent the last hundred years, not letting any fires really burn naturally, which is hard because that, you know, we're building communities near these big forests where if they would burn down people's houses, you know, like all of that is, is contribute is a contributing factor, you know, like that, like in California, you wouldn't be able to just let these forest fires burn because they would take out entire neighborhoods and entire communities. Sure. Oh, so I guess what you're saying is, rep- okay. Repressing is just putting them out. But, putting them out. But when, sorry, the, I'm getting these are dumb that. questions. I'm getting to that. No, no. Okay. 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 Let me finish. Okay. So (laughs) if a hundred years ago they had decided, hey, you know what? Some amount of forest fires are, and you know, they do let some fires burn in some locations that are not around civilizations. But Okay. So I guess that was my question too. Like there are some forest fires that they let burn. Sure. And and a lot of them, like the Yukon Territory and in Canada, Alaska, like areas where there are no people. Okay. You know, there's how, first of all, how are they even going to get there? But second of all, it's like, you know what? This is the natural part of the world. Forest fires happen. They're natural. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. That's, and that's so silly. It's kind of one of those things where I'm like, how do we know where all the forest fires are? But that makes sense now, like where people are living. Okay. Continue. So, you know, obviously those are always the ones that get the most attention for good reason. Right. But like, we've kind of done this to ourselves. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, maybe you don't build neighborhoods in these super fire intensive areas. But the point I'm trying to get at is that there are a lot of factors here. You know, I think climate change being a big one because there's more drought now. There's more, you know, just hotter, more erratic weather patterns, more bigger storms. And also because for the last hundred ish years, humans have been disrupting the natural fire cycle, which would cause the fires to it like almost think of it as like cleaning your house as you go rather Mm -hmm. than like never cleaning your house. And then all of a sudden, you know, six months later or a hundred years later, you have to like take in, you have to remodel your whole house because you never cleaned it. Right. You know, like that's kind of the analogy of the forest fire. It's like fires that are, that can burn naturally kind of clean up as they go almost versus having these like devastating events. And I'm not saying that fires wouldn't be devastating anyway, but just that like it would look a lot more different. 
it would look a lot differently. It would look a lot different. It would not look the same if we were able, had been, you know, kind of letting fires um, burn in their own course. So there's oh. your forest ecology lesson of the day. God. That was that was deep. I mean, I really am like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense now. And just because we only see the forest fires that are it, like, obviously, we see the smoke, we see mm-hmm. people having to evacuate, and it's near a lot of communities. And but yeah, I didn't really think about the. It sounds so stupid to say, but I'm like, oh yeah, no, you don't like, really think about the ones that like just naturally burn out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and you don't necessarily think about like it's like oh well you know these, for all forest fires are bad we need to put them out and like that's not really the case. There is and a purpose for forest fires to like what is it kind of like natural selection in a way of just it, like yes, the way it, that totally natural selection and honestly a lot of tree species were have evolved to only germinate in extreme heat. Because when fires come through, it puts a ton of, um, I'm going to botch which, which like chemical it is, but it's probably carbon, um, into the soil, which provides a great, um, climate for new seed, for new seeds to grow and for new things to grow. And so like, that's the other thing is it, it can, you know, wipe out dead and dying trees and plants. And so, and to create room for other things to grow and put all those nutrients in like a quick, just flash a lot of them back into the soil. And there is like a whole ecosystem that comes in in the in the first months and years following a fire that is completely unique. Mm-hmm. All you know, plants and and even animals that really thrive in those just post burn conditions. So it's really interesting, and you know, and you start to realize like we as humans think that we have there's I mean just everything right with nature. It's like we as humans think that we can go in and like solve nature's problems. Nature doesn't have any problems. Yeah. Nature self-regulates and then we go in and mess up the cycle. Yeah. Have you ever seen like the earth documentaries or all those documentaries? It's oh, just yeah. like wild planet. I mean, nature's mm-hmm. got it pretty figured out. Nature's got it figured out and it Nature self-regulates. finds a way. Yeah. So do we want to, now that we've had a science lesson, do we want to listen to some, some listeners from last so week? Our question was, what are you m- going to miss this year about the summer because of everything that's been going on. So we're first going to start with Miriam. Hi, Joy and Claire. This is Miriam. I'm 25 years old and I live in Oregon. To answer your question, the thing that is getting me through COVID and that I'm looking forward to the most this upcoming fall is my wedding. I got engaged recently back in March, right before the lockdown, and we didn't want to wait or postpone. So we're going to get married in October on 10-10-2020. We're going to do a little intimate ceremony at the Oregon coast right on the beach. And I am so excited. The other thing that's been getting me through is you guys. My fiance lives about 10 minutes away. And so I'm constantly driving back and forth to his house. And that was when I usually listen to your podcast. I realized that once we got married that I wouldn't have those drives. And so I had this idea that I would remember this season of being engaged with your podcast. So I went back into the vaults of Girls Gone Wad, and I am proud to say that I have listened to every single episode, and it's been such a heartwarming way to end this chapter of my life. I'm actually a little upset that I finished my quest a little bit early, and now I actually have to wait a week instead of just listening to your voices back to back. Side note, I feel like my relationship is going to thrive thanks to all your years of Maritax. Thanks, and love you both. Oh my gosh, gosh. That is like, okay, first of all, I love all of that. Second of all, for you to have listened to all of those episodes in 10-minute increments is truly mind-blowing. You really must go back and forth 
all day. Yeah, all day long. And I realized that that question was kind of related to the last week's question, but it, regardless, that was so sweet. And oh Miriam, thank you so much. That's just amazing. 10-10-2020 is so cute. I hope everything goes awesome for you. I and hope I, everyone is nice and safe. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that you used our voices to transition this part of your life. Yeah, I really, really that feels really special. And these are the days and these are the moments you guys as listeners out there. It's always going to be weird for Claire and I because we don't and especially in the past year, we haven't been able to see listeners and meet listeners. It feels very lonely to podcast when Mm -hmm. you don't have an audience to actually see and while we hear from you guys or see you on social media to hear those stories like that. It's just like, oh, this is yeah, it just it's amazing. So thank you so much. And I also just love that she is saying that her marriage, like her relationship is going to thrive because of our marriage hacks. I'm like, yes, you know what? Anyone out there who's just putting the picture perfect relationship on Instagram, which by the way, not to change the subject, but remind me to tell you something in like 10 minutes because I don't want to take away from Miriam, but like relation, (laughs) relationship, relationships are hard and they're gnarly and marriage is so messy and just such a trip. Anytime people ask me, like when I first got married, everyone's like, how's married, married life? I'm like, it's a trip. It is a trip. Do you have any marriage hacks? Any recent marriage hacks? Um, not. Like we haven't rec- done any recently. Yeah, we haven't done any. Well, this is so funny. Actually, I do. Oh, <laughs> God, and he's not going to listen to this. So I always feel bad when you I say. Always one, say that you're like he's not going to listen. It's okay. But you know what? He the only reason he finds out is if people post about it, and then we repost it. He'd be sure. like, "What? What did you talk about?" So the most recent one, and okay, before I forget, the whole thing about the perfect marriage that I wanted yeah. to say is that Rachel, what's her face? Girl, wash your face, girl. Oh, Holl- Hollis? Rachel Hollis. She, yeah. not that this is at all good. It's sad. It's devastating, but her and her husband are separating. And I'm like, mm, yeah, for so long, you just put on that happy face and like made everyone think you had the perfect marriage. Like, it's devastating that that's happening, but it's right. also like... Come on. There's it just it just goes to show there's always more to the story. There's always show. more to the story. There's yeah. always more to the story. And I, you know, that's their business and I hope the best for both of them, but I just hope that anyone out there just can take anything that's perfection with some criticism. Okay, so recently, so my marriage hack recently has just been to kind of like really pick my battles. So, I think quarantine has like really put Scott in this place of like fixing things around the house or like changing things or like getting new hardwood floors. And so he's kind of like in this purging and changing things up in the, in the house mode. And while I... Which, by the way, I think is a very common thing to be doing right now. Yeah. Okay, great. Totally. If you're listening to this and you're like, me too, my husband's doing that too. You're not alone. Okay, great. Because I, part of me is like, I don't, I'm not used to him being in this mode, but also he, he tells like to change things around, but he loves to fix things. He loves to like find something that's not working. It maybe it's working somewhat good. He likes to make our lives as efficient and easy as possible. He's going to optimize. Whether just want to optimize your experience with everything. Like if Claire, we got, I have a new podcast desk here that I did not ask for, but he knew that the one that I was using before wasn't as good. He found a better one and changed it. Like that's a perfect example where I'm like, I didn't ask for it, but I got it and my life is optimized. (laughs) So 
So recently, he sent, you know, the Nordstrom sales going on, of course, Nordstrom anniversary sales, like a big deal for Scott Parrish. And so he was looking online and he's looking, he he all of a sudden decided, (laughs) this is, this pissed me off. I wanted to get new pillows for our couch because we're getting new floors, we're getting a new entertainment center, we're like just doing a bunch right. of different up, um, improvements to our living room. And I wanted to I wanted to take that on. <laughs> like oh, no. I wanted that to be mine. I was like I want to look for new pillows. Right. And it's fun. It's fun. It's something I wanted to do and something that I love about Scott, but also can be somewhat annoying is I can't make any decision. I I should say, I don't make any decision about the house or things that we purchase about the house without consulting him. Like, I think some partnerships, like you, you bring in a new salt shaker, they don't notice it. Like Scott notices everything. Notices and I'm, ki- I'm kind of over exaggerating. I don't want people to think I live in this like repressed house that I'm like, I keep rolling about no, it. No, he no, 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 no. He notices and yeah. he loves to give input and it's his house too. So he's like, where did that painting come from? Like when I went to Arizona five, six years ago, well, I've been, I've been a lot since, but I remember a few years, like one of the trips, like five or six years ago, I brought home a bunch of like, Post, not posters, like things that I could frame, like local artists in Arizona that I could frame artwork that was from Arizona and, and had like really cool art from Arizona that you could tell was a representation of Arizona. And I just love my home state. Some things about it. Um, and I hung up a bunch of like Arizona things and, you know, things about cactus and just like, it just makes me happy. And he was like, we need to kind of put the kibosh on Arizona stuff for a while. Like that was his like feedback. Okay. So long, I'm telling a long story about, about pillows. So I finally get to this place where I'm like, I want to look for some pillows. And I tell him, well, he sends me these links to these pillows at the Nordstrom rack, or I'm sorry, the Nordstrom anniversary sale. And I'm like, ah, but the pillows are supposed to be my thing. Right. And I don't say this, but I'm like, uh, you know, they're okay, you know, but they're on sale and they're, they are pretty. And I just didn't say yes or no. I was just kind of like, yeah, "Yeah, those are pillows. Those are pillows, you know? (laughs) And he buys them and he's like, they'll be great. And I just was kind of like at a point where like, you took my thing. Right. And I was so mad. (laughs) And I, like Friday night, we got in this huge fight over pillows because I wanted that to be my thing. And I got to this point where like my marriage hack truly was like, you know what? I it, like, I really just need to pick my battles. Like this is something yeah. that we're always going to have to like, he's always going to want input. And I wanted to like do this on my own and pick the freaking pillows by myself. But I kind of realized like Friday night, I I did tell him that I was like frustrated because I was like, I just wanted that to be my choice, like my thing that you didn't have to have input. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? It's stuff. It's stuff. Right. And I just have to pick my battles with it. And he really, really, really enjoys being a part of these like little minute decisions about our the space he's a that problem we're living solver. with. Uh, he's a problem Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's his thing. Come to him with a problem and he will solve it. He is not the type of guy who's just going to like sit back and be like, oh yeah, thanks for telling me. No, he's oh, going to spring into man. action in like one second. Well, my whole, he, I mean, one second you tell anything, anything. No, I know anything. anything. You could like, like oh. you, the moment you're like, you know, these shoes aren't very comfortable. It's like five new pairs of shoes show up at your house. 100%. I wish I was kidding. And so I think that's the thing is sometimes my marriage hack is I don't tell him that I want to do something because I know that he will go spring into action and that I have to like, 
I have to expect that he's going to try and solve that problem. And so if I want to do something on my own, I like have to, I just don't tell him, which is just so funny because like I'll come home with something that I wanted to fix about our bathroom and you're like, oh, where'd you get that? I was like, oh, you know, I just kind of brought this home and fixed it. And he was, and he's kind of like, what? <laughs> but Oh my, oh my god! You have one recently. Do you have any? Um. Oh, mine is similar. We were talking to our friend about um like husbands who want to take on big projects in the house, and you just are like, oh no. And Brandon will listen to this. So, <laughs> but our friend was dealing with a marital some marital strife around deciding who was going to finish their basement. Mm. And so I was saying, you know, my my line that I often use when there's something around the house that needs to be done and like Brandon wants to do it, but I know that like it's going to take 10 times as long if, if he does it versus if we just like hired out or get a kit or something <laughs> is it's not that I don't think you could do it. But I, but with everything else going on, I think there are things that would be a better use of your use time. Use of your time. Yeah. So it's I sort of that. the way of being like, it's not you. <laughs> you're perfect. You're perfect. You would do an amazing job, but you're, you're just so talented that I wish you would you use You need to your, take your talents elsewhere. You need to take your talents to South Beach. Talents elsewhere. <laughs> and here, let me just end with one last thing of how much I love Scott. And I'm not trying to say that, like, I, I think that if I was to just sit down with him and be like, look, I really needed to take that pillow project on, he would totally get it. I, that was one of those things where I was like, it's not worth it to me. I just, yeah. like, I don't have the energy. And I think that also comes with, like, you know, we're coming up on 13 years of marriage where I'm like, well, and you guys have just, been stuck in the house together. You're never in the house together. Like no. you're, you, the dynamic of your marriage actually has changed so much during <laughs> so, COVID. So much. He went to Oklahoma city last weekend to see his family. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh man, I get to be by myself in the house. But, but the funny thing is the first day he was gone, I felt so lonely. Oh, and funny. that's, yeah, that's very unlike me. For those of you who don't know, typically <laughs> Scott pre-COVID would travel for work like at least I twice mean, a month. Yeah. At least yeah. twice a month, like five to 10 days a month. So, and and always has done that since you guys have been together. Since right? we've been dating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So him being home is like a really, really different. Huge shift for us. For your, yeah. Like, your home for life. sure. Yeah. So yay marriage hacks. Let's get another listener in here to tell us what they are missing about the summer or the fall. Okay. This is from Jennifer. Hi, Joy and Claire. This is Jen calling you from Big Bear, California, up in the mountains. I'm a longtime listener, and you guys always have such cool topics to call in about, and I always forget. So I uh, stopped your podcast, and I'm recording this right now because you just asked about things that we miss from the summer that we didn't get to do this year. Mine is actually multifaceted, and it's a bit of a bummer. So if you want to end on a good note, then don't play this one uh, at the end of your segment. Right at the beginning of of quarantine, uh, I found out my husband of 20 years has been having an affair. Through that marriage, I had five stepkids and the two youngest ones were actually born on my birthday, which just passed. And this previous week would have been the week that we all together would have gone to Best Friends Animal Sanctuary, which is in southern Utah. 
You may have heard of it from a National Geographic show called Dogtown, where they had rescued all the Michael Vick fighting dogs long time ago because of everything that's been going on this year, to include quarantine and the fact that I'm separated from my husband. I didn't get to go do that with my stepkids. So it's been quite a bummer, and um, hopefully I will be able to do that again in the future. It's a really rewarding experience. You walk tons and tons of dogs and feed them and poop scoop and just everything you can think of that it would be necessary for a volunteer at a animal shelter so love your podcast thank you for being so open-minded and uh respectful when you talk about controversial subjects i really appreciate that and hopefully i'll get to meet you on a future trip someday down the road thanks for everything bye thank you jennifer first of all i'm so sorry that you're having to deal with that that is devastating and i would probably say that everyone in the in the uh podcast community here is thinking of you and sending you lots of love but also like that's an example of you're in quarantine your life is completely changed just because of the circ- circumstances of the pandemic but now you're hit with this personal thing of like Something that probably brought you so much joy every single year is completely gone for a completely different reason as well. And that's just so sad. We wanted to play that one too, just for that reason, because I think it's easy not to forget, but just that as a reminder to us and, you know, to everyone, the compounding effects of the pandemic on difficult personal things that are happening, you know, that are not normal, but, you know, the the types of difficult personal things that people go through in their lives that would be really, really difficult in a normal scenario that are now just that much harder because of the circumstances of the pandemic. When my grandma passed away now two months ago, three months ago, three months ago, I mean, we still, I don't know if we'll ever have a memorial for her. You know, like we yeah, so many people are going through that. Yeah, it's just so like, hard. You know, whatever your situation may be, like these difficult things that, that happen in a life are already hard enough to go through, let alone when you can't have your people around you, when you can't travel to take, you know, to go see your family or to go see your friends, when people can't come to you, when you can't really take time off. So for all of you guys out there who are going through difficult personal things that would be difficult in normal times, we're really thinking of you. And, you know, that's just, it just sucks. Like it, those types of things are going to suck no matter what. But then to have COVID on top of it is just... The other thing I thought was interesting about that is something that I don't know how much we as like a society think about, which is what happens when a marriage ends where there are stepkids from like the other side of the branch. Yep. So like that now Jen is not biologically or illegally connected to those stepkids, but she probably and obviously sees them as a huge part of her life, probably huge considers them as, you know, 20 years. Yeah. Right. You know, she's been instrumental in them growing up. And now it's this like really weird kind of gray area of like, well, what do we do in this situation? It doesn't sound like it's ending on great terms. It's just, it's an, a weird situation. And I, it's a situation I've been in personally and also that my siblings have been in. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's definitely, it's odd. It's something that yeah. you don't really think about. Right. And I think that especially now when you can't lean, well, at least in my view, uh, I'm sure that there's some people that are kind of, you know, surrounding themselves with a lot of friends. I think in this pandemic, most of us are limiting that type mm-hmm. of scenario where you can't really hang out with friends for support in the way that we're used to, like going on mm-hmm. a trip together or just kind of getting away and spending time together in a group. I mean, even that, something as simple as that is just not an easy solution. Yeah. Going out yeah. to your favorite bar to like kind of yeah. 
And also to be clear, I a minute ago when I said it's something I've personally experienced, I haven't been divorced. What I meant by that was I haven't experienced it with like my with having stepkids. I've experienced it as a stepkid. As as a stepkid, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So right. sending you lots of love, Jennifer. Yes. And uh the podcast family here is here for you. Anytime you need to give us a call or a voice memo, you just let us know. <laughs> this last one is from Lindsay in Texas. Joy and Claire, I've been listening to y'all for so long. Y'all are great. When I heard the episode this week, I did have a thought on last week's question, which I know is late, but it's super weird. And I just thought it would give some people some laughs. When my sisters and I were kids, we would put that Trix yogurt on bologna and roll it up and eat it. And I don't eat that anymore, but we ate it a lot and thought it was delicious. And it is so weird to think about. Um, so I just thought that would give everyone a kick. Relating to your question this week, it's just super little, but I love just sitting outside on my porch with the sunrise and reading a book on my Kindle and having a good cup of coffee. I have like a hundred mugs, like not even exaggerating. So every morning you just got to pick out the one that sticks out to you. What are you feeling today? Perfect mug, fill it up with coffee, sit out with the sunrise, read for a few minutes, get your day going. Thanks. Keep it up. Bye. Okay. That's disgusting. I try to not pass judgment on everyone's like weird food things, even like the Cheez-Its and pickle juice one. I was like, I could see it. That Trix yogurt, I can like taste it in my mouth. What's Trix yogurt? Uh, I don't know if I know what that is. It was like, I mean, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. You know, the flavor, that like tutti frutti Trix flavor. Oh, like Trix, the cereal? Yes, yes. Oh, Trix, yo- like Trix. They came out oh. with like a yogurt product that was like flavored like the cereal. And I think it even had like little, you know, Trix candy or whatever, and like sprinkles in it. They put that in oh in my a bologna. Like both of those things separately are like, huh, okay. But then put them together, like that is bizarre. And I am a little freaked out by it. But you know, it's okay. When you're a kid, you do that kind of stuff. Oh my God. You guys are the best. Thank you guys for those voice memos. I love that you have a hundred mugs. I aspire to also have a hundred mugs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you want to just keep sending us voice memos on any of the questions we ask, that's That's fine fine too, because you know, we're all over the map. You may not be listening to this in a linear timeline. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're all good with that. Okay. So moving on, uh, do we want to talk a little bit just about some feedback Yeah, and how we take feedback? And the reason that I wanted to bring this up and I think Claire, you had some hesitation of doing it because I know I know where you're coming from with like how I can be a little bit of a loose cannon. <laughs> you can just you I'm know a, react. I'm a wild a card. It's not even that. It's just that I think a lot of times, like my <laughs> one of my roles in your life is to help you not take things personally. Yes. And yes. so that's where I was coming from when I was like, are you sure you want to talk about this in the podcast? <laughs> like, I don't want you to spend any more time analyzing it than you already have. Right. But and nonetheless, here we go. Yes. So, <laughs> so, okay. What I'm trying, not trying to do, but what I wanted to do and what I came to was, and this may be just because I'm so mature, you know, my birthday's right around the corner, uh, <laughs> a mature 43 year old is... You know, and maybe again, I've been talking a lot about how I've been reflective and thinking a lot in this quarantine. And so, you know, this podcast is really important to me. The podcast that we've done over the years in Girls Gone Wad is very, very important to me. But we've also really kind of established really good listeners. And, and by that, I just mean really supportive listeners. Like mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of trolls. We've always said that we don't. 
we don't have uh, people that follow us that try to like tear us down or be mean to us or we just don't get a lot of negativity. And, and, and even I, when people don't agree with us, it tends to be in a super constructive just respectful, way. You know, people yeah. will email us and have these very, very thoughtful, like, hey, I didn't agree with what you said. I thought the way you said it was rude. Let me tell you why. And it's like, okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's something I think we all kind of struggle with is feedback. And I've, you know, Brene Brown in her one of her first TED Talks mentioned how with vulnerability, you hear all the positive reviews about you, but then the one negative review or the one place that your boss says you need to work on or that, you know, is constructive criticism is the thing that you ruminate on for days and days and days and days. And that's, I think, just human nature is we're built to protect ourselves and we're built to criticize ourselves. And so I think that that's just a constant work that we're going to have to do. But, you know, because I'm so protective of this podcast and our community and I, and I strive so much to be a genuine person and at the same time, I just am who I am. When negativity comes our way, I do take it personal because there's a part of me that's like, oh, you don't even, you listen and that's how you heard it. Oh, and I will say one of my Achilles heels is that I, when someone misunderstands me, it is like, you might as well just like stick a knife in my stomach. It's like so painful for me. So the reason that I wanted to bring this up about just taking feedback and kind of coming full circle with it is I want to be, I think we could all do better, but me personally, I just wanted to be better about, about reading something, taking myself away from it and just kind of looking at it objectively, but also listening because anytime someone comes at you with some feedback, while it may not be the delivery that's like the most lovely. I think it's also important to kind of sit back and go, okay, so how do I play a part in this? And how do I take this and learn from it? What's valuable that I can learn from? Yeah. So the two things that I want to, I want to read two reviews. And listen, Apple reviews are huge for podcasts. And because the podcast world is so saturated right now that Apple podcast reviews are huge for podcasts to continue. So, you know, side note, if you haven't left an Apple review please do so. It helps podcasts so much. But I mean, it's not like just Yelp ours, like but Google it's like, yeah, where, you know, one bad Yelp review or one bad Google review can be the deciding factor between somebody, you know, deciding to using your or business or, or yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, and especially now, and we've, I, I'm sure you're sick of all, you know, a lot of podcasts being like, go rate and review, but it really helps. And for, for all of us out there putting out free content, I think it's just, you know, something you can do to support the people that you love the most, whether it's our podcast or another podcast, please go leave them a review and just say something that you really like about them. And the other thing I will say about any podcast, any podcast, not just ours, but review them as a whole, as a collective, not just one episode that you disagreed with, because I think that that's something that also can be really helpful or hurtful for a podcast is if you just didn't like one episode and then go and bash them, I think that's just really, it's it sucks. So the two that I just wanted to read that it like got me thinking about this, because I think it's really important, and especially I just wanted to say, just make a comment about the content that I was talking about, is one that was left um, you know earlier this month that said, a lot has changed was the title. And it said, I used to love this podcast and I hate to write this, but unsubscribing. I have listened since they were Girls Gone Wad podcast and I appreciate their change to broader topics outside fitness, including uncomfortable issues. I was interested in the new direction because I'm conservative on some issues, liberal on others, but I truly want to understand other viewpoints than my own. They finally lost me at the blatant intolerance and condescending comments 
particularly those from Joy. She tends to go off on side issues, has made incredibly rude comments if you don't fall in line with her political views, and just spoke over Claire the last few episodes. Sad to tune out. And I was like, oh. So, and, and then, so like the same thing, I feel like it was the same person, but I don't think it is. Like a week earlier said, I used to love this podcast. I miss how their podcast used to be when it was more about fitness and health and nutrition. I am so over hearing Joy's political views. Joy comes across as being always right and is very irritating. Claire cannot get a word in otherwise. Today, Joy was talking about how when Obama was in office, we were all happy and in peace, and I just find this to be completely polarizing and incorrect. They are seriously isolating a lot of their population, and I can no longer listen. So those two, obviously, like anything that's going on right now in the world, anything political is like a hot topic. Mm -hmm. It's just a hot topic. It is. And I saw Eliza Schlesinger post about this the other day where she was like, people say, oh, when you speak out a bunch uh, with your political beliefs, it isolates or polarizes a lot of your listenership. And to that, I say, I kind of agree with what she was saying, which was basically like, I'm going to stand up for what I stand up for. And I'm not going to just stay neutral because I'm so passionate about these things. But mm-hmm. I'm, it's not to say that I don't think that you should do the same. <laughs> right. About <laughs> like, your own differing. I, I would be, I think it would be a sad, sad world if we all agreed with one another. Mm-hmm. So if, if I came across as being condescending or that if people didn't believe how I believed, I mean, uh, honestly, Claire, we've said a lot of stuff on this podcast that are very tongue in cheek about like joking about like, why are you listening to our podcast if you vote for Trump? Like we're tongue in cheek about a lot of those things, but I can certainly right. see how it's, people it's, would it's be a like, touchy issue. it's very touchy. Mm-hmm. So I think like the, the thing, the takeaway from that is like, okay, I, I am willing to look at that, but I also am kind of like, all right, let's not take that personal but at the same time, we're not going to, we're going to evolve and we're going to grow yeah. and that may not be for everybody. Well, and I think that it comes back to that, like take things seriously, but not personally, which we talk about all the time, which is like, okay, great. From this information, we can tell that the tone that you're going for is not landing and that, you know, the, what that the way that we're talking about it, and I don't even want to say like, if that's happening, like clearly it's happening. Sure. The way that we're talking about things feels polarizing to some people. Mm-hmm. And that is really good information for us to know and for us to then think, okay, how can we talk about this in a way that is that does not feel polarizing so that not to say so that, you know, we're going to stop bringing it up because that's the only way to solve that problem. Right. More so that like so that we can hold a space for these conversations and for people who have differing beliefs to feel like they really are coming to this podcast to get a different perspective and not to feel to be made wrong. Right, right, right. And like to everyone has a seat at the table type of feeling, which I completely agree with. I completely agree with. And I think a lot of my personality quirks and traits are to be kind of cynical and judgy. I know that about myself. I mean, last week you were saying, you know, about like the CrossFit stuff that you're the kind of person who just kind of is like, you're dead to me. You know, like you do kind of have that. Like a kind of all or nothing thinking, but not in the sense that I'm closed minded by any means, but I certainly have that perspective sometimes where I just I'm like, how can like, please explain this to me or like last week, I was on a lot of, you know, because obviously, you guys should not be surprised that I was watching the DNC all week. Mm -hmm. And I was actually going on a lot of the right wing websites to view kind of like, okay, what is their view of the DNC right now? I wanted to get both sides. And I had a hard time reading a lot of that. So I'm still trying to find resources and sources. And the Pantsuit Politics podcast is like the only thing I've found that is really respectful conversations around it. But it's hard. And I think just news 
news in general kind of puts us in this pitted against each other cycle, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm probably guilty of falling into that for sure. So keep leaving reviews. We would appreciate <laughs> it if you have a problem that Bring you it send to us. us an email because when it comes to reviews, but I think that it, it is helpful for, it's always helpful for us if there's something that we're doing that you're not um, appreciating or, you know, and I'm not, I don't yeah. want to say like, if you don't agree with it, but like, we want to hear what you want to, what you have to say. And we want you guys to feel safe and respected listening to this podcast. Yeah, for sure. I think in general, though, I want to talk a little bit more about like taking feedback as a whole. Sure. Because I think that this does bring up, you know, I kind of joked like one of my roles in your life is to help you not take things personally. And for me, I think that like I do a pretty good job of letting water roll off my back when it comes to how do I put this? I think I do a pretty good job of separating feedback that is like negative and not helpful versus negative, but also helpful. And I think that that is a skill that I've worked on for a long time about like, okay, if I'm getting negative feedback about something, it's not like, okay, well, I need to take every single thing seriously, but not personally. Like I have a, I think I have a pretty good filter of when to actually allow myself to really get into some negative feedback. And like, I think that a big thing that's helped me with that is setting up a lot of emotional and mental boundaries around when I process it. And so, you know, I think similarly to, I think that's, that can be what's hard about feedback is that a lot of times it, it comes at you at times when like you're not necessarily ready for it. And so I, when I was in college, I did a Knowles course, which if you guys are not familiar with Knowles, it's the National Outdoor Leadership School. It's kind of like Outward Bound. If you're familiar with Outward Bound, more people tend to be familiar with Outward Bound than Knowles. And a huge part of like the curriculum, you go out into the woods for a month and they, you know, you do outdoor skills and also a bunch of like leadership curriculum. And a huge part of that is around taking feedback. And the first thing they teach you, one of the first things they teach you is to always ask people like, are you in a place where you can hear some feedback? And I think that, you know, not that many people in my life do that. And so I have to ask myself that question when I'm taking feedback in. And so if somebody, you know, throws some feedback at me and I'm in the middle of something else or I'm in a bad headspace or I'm tired or I'm dealing with a kid or whatever, then I set up that boundary for myself. And and stop and are like, hey, Claire, are you in a place where you can hear this right now? Oh, you're not? Okay, then just like put it in your pocket and come back to it later. And that has made a huge difference for me because it allows me to prepare myself and get into the right mental headspace to really process feedback and not and like that helps me not take it personally. And I don't think it's ever helpful to take feedback personally. I don't think it's ever useful to like hear someone else's opinion and think that it reflects on your core being Mm -hmm. and even your best friends or your closest family even the person you're closest with in your life or the people you're closest with in your life they are not the ones who get to put into question your core self you're the only one and so I mean, of course, if they're asking you questions, if they're raising issues, then maybe you hear those more loudly or you take those more seriously than other people who don't even know you. But that doesn't mean that you still need to just like immediately internalize it and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person. Or, oh my gosh, you know, now this means X, Y, Z about me. Right, right, right. So that's something that has really helped me. And I think it's really, really been helpful, especially in the last couple of months, like when you're working remotely and you're dealing with people, at least for me, I know that like the biggest thing I miss about being in the office is just like casual interactions. Like you literally just don't have casual interactions online. Yeah. That's so hard. You don't just bump into someone in the hallway and catch up with them. You know, so everything feels so hard, right? So everything feels a lot more formal 
even if you are just like, I scheduled a meeting with my boss's boss who I used to just like, I, he and I get along super well. He's, his office was near my cubicle. I all the time would just like run into him and we'd have like a 20 minute. This is the boss, my boss's boss who is, who went to high school with my brother-in-law that we like came to find. He's like from the same hometown as Brandon. Like we have a ton in common. So and he, anyway, and I like scheduled a meeting with him the other day just because I missed catching up with him. But it felt yeah. weird to do that. Right. And I think that that's a big thing that I've learned in the last six months is like, because you don't get those casual interactions, everything feels a little bit heavier and a little bit more serious. And also I think there, you know, like we were talking about a minute ago, like, why didn't you just tell us like that feeling? I think a lot of people get right. when you hear like, well, you've been yeah. doing this forever and you want to think yeah. like, well, why didn't you just tell me I've been doing it? Right. And right. those are the casual interactions that you miss is somebody after a meeting, just pulling you aside and being like, Hey, that, you know, I didn't like it when you said that. I noticed the da da da. Yeah. yeah. You like have that like instant feedback, which I think is really important too. And I think it's, it's different when you have feedback, like Scott will, is very frank with me. You know, I have family members that I'm able to talk to and they can kind of give me good feedback on things, but it's that, it's that like circle of trust that mm-hmm. feels less of a blow because you know, they love you so much. And then when it's kind of like work feedback where you're kind of like, okay, you want to do a good job, like the high achiever and you really just wants to make sure you, and, and, and because you have feedback doesn't do, mean you did something wrong. Right. So I think that's where you kind of have to do that. Don't take it personally. So it's just, it's interesting. And I think it's just, uh, it's so human nature. I don't know one person. I don't know one person. Maybe you do. But I don't know anyone who's like, yeah, feedback's so easy for me. I think everyone right. just like wants to do a good job. I think especially women, we're people pleasers. And so we kind of want to just make sure everything's kosher and that we're all putting joy and happiness into the world. And so I think it's just kind of goes, it touches on that nerve that is, oh my gosh, I, I was taken the wrong way or somebody heard something I said and didn't check in with me. We don't, we don't have that luxury in this space. Like yeah. we're quote unquote public figures. We don't ha- we don't have that luxury, but and nor should we, you know, take everything and analyze it to death. But I think that that's just something that was really, um, I, I wanted to kind of look at it from a different lens and really kind of get into why I just got so jumpy about it. Yeah. And I think also when you hear something more than once in a short period of time, that's a, yeah. a red flag of like, Oh, okay. Totally. This wasn't totally. just an isolated incident. And then, you know, who, who else felt that way? Who didn't say something? I, I would be curious for you guys to hear. I would be curious if you guys want to write in with an email. This is not the official prompt for next week, but no. uh, if you guys would want to write in about like a tip that you have or, you know, if, if a mentor has ever given you a piece of advice about taking feedback that really like was a light bulb moment for you, we'd love yeah. to hear Yeah, I love it. My, my favorite Knowles acronym about feedback is HALT. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Lonely or tired, yeah. And I'm like, I am hungry and tired. Great. I'm going to wait on this. But then I'm like, I'm always hungry and tired. Okay. I'm going to wait till Evie goes to college to take feedback again. <laughs> you know who else uses that all the time is the AA community. Oh, man. It's just like, yeah. Everything goes back to AA yep. coping mechanisms. Yep. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. You always want to make sure you're it. checking in with that. Okay. So what's our question for next week? That's a great question, Joy. <laughs> I'm loving doing this. Okay. And if you guys are like already getting tired of it, please let us know. But I'm having so much fun. So... To kind of flip the script on taking feedback and, you know, putting yourself in an uncomfortable position, I really want to know, I really want you guys to call in and brag about yourselves. So I want to know whether it's something recent that you've done that you just like knocked it out of the park or if it's a skill that you have that you feel like goes unsung, but you always, you know, you, you notice it about yourself and you're always like, man, I am really good at that. Like I'm. 
an example. I'm really good at, at like editing emails. If you send me like a crappy marketing email, I will turn that shit around and I will make it sound good almost every time. And, I and within like 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And I will do it quickly. I and will I, agree that that's an amazing skill of yours. And, and you know, I think um, I try to tell myself like, then that happens to me a lot in my life because I'm, I am in marketing and I'll like give myself a pat on the back. Like you did a good job. But sometimes I want other people to be like, wow, Claire, you're amazing at this. So call us and brag about yourself and we're going to tell you how amazing you are. And yeah. again, if it's like just a one-off thing there where you were like, man, I had this weird thing happen and I totally nailed the reaction to it. Or like I solved this problem that no one else in my business could have solved. Or I have this like long-standing skill and I use it all the time and like nobody notices it. I really want to know like what's something that you that has made you proud about yourself. And if you're sitting there being like nothing, then this question is extra for you because I want you to sit there and like really think to yourself, oh yeah, what do I do that I'm good at? Mm-hmm. And I would just love to hear those things. And it's like, it doesn't have to be weird, but you no. know, bonus points if it is. <laughs> and maybe if, if you're having a hard time, like ask one of your best friends yes. or your partner about it and just be like, hey, I really want to answer this question. And if you're like super uncomfortable, we will challenge you to say it. But if you're super uncomfortable, totally fine if your BFF or your partner calls in yeah. and, and says I, it for I you. I actually love that. That's the second, maybe the second part about this challenge is ask someone else in your life, hey, yeah. what's something that I'm really good at that you don't think that I, you know, that I take for granted or that you don't see, you know, you don't see me celebrating often? Right. Can I say mine? Yes. Because I want to, I'm like, oh, I just thought of mine. So I'm going to try it, even though it feels weird. Because I'm like, oh, I want to share. Well, you want to wait until next week when we all share? Okay. I'll leave you in suspense. (laughs) Because my like, I'm afraid I'll forget it. My like email one is not my, I mean, that's, that is an an example, but it's a small example. I have some other bigger ones that I'm going to. I'm going to have to write mine down just so I don't forget. Text it it to me. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. So the way you send us a voice memo is to go onto your phone in the voice memo app, pull it up to your ear like you're recording, like you're talking on the phone. Keep it to try to keep it to under like around one minute to two minutes at the most. Tell us your name. Tell us where you live. And then just, you know, you've heard them. Just get going. We love, love, love hearing from you. Also, feel free to uh, if you can't figure out the voice memo thing, then you can go to our Instagram profile, which is at joy and claire underscore and there's the contact us button will send you to give you the option of leaving a google voicemail which you call Mm -hmm. a number and it goes straight to voicemail and then it records the voicemail and then of course you can always just email us and uh, this is joy and claire at gmail.com and we will read your email on the podcast so thank you guys so much for um helping us get this like kind of like call in segment off the ground it's been super fun it's been super fun and please send us a email send us an email to this is joy and claire at gmail.com with anything that you want us to talk about on the show any topics or any guests we really are kind of looking to do some guests soon and also please leave us a review if you can pop over to apple you can click on apple podcast and leave a review right within the app or just go google our podcast and pull up the Apple website to leave a review really, really quick and just give us some great feedback if you can. That helps the podcast so much. It's a free way to support. This is Joy and Claire. So we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Like we do it, like we do it.